0: Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Tuesday. This is Seattle Now. If we can make one sweeping stereotype about Seattleites, it's that many of us are pet people. Now, a clinic inside a youth homeless shelter in Seattle's Belltown neighborhood has found an innovative way to get people connected to services by offering vet care. KUOW reporter Eilish O'Neill was out at the clinic recently and is here to talk about what she learned. But first, let's get you caught up. Opening arguments start today in the trial of Pierce County Sheriff Ed Troyer. He's facing charges of false reporting and making a false or misleading statement to a public servant. This after calling an armed police response on his neighborhood newspaper carrier last year. He told officers the carrier, who's black, threatened his life, which he later admitted wasn't true. Regardless of the outcome of the trial, Troyer says he will stay in his role as Pierce County Sheriff, which is an elected position. The deadline is here for Seattle to finalize its budget for the next two years. Council member Teresa Mosqueda says the city's Jumpstart tax program will cover some of the huge deficit the city was facing. $1.2 million from that pool will go towards food assistance programs. The city council is scheduled to vote on the final budget today. And we're in for some cold, wet weather this week. The National Weather Service says a strong system will bring wind, rain, and off and on snow throughout the week. The mountains and north of the city will likely see the most accumulation. Remember, take care out on the roads and sidewalks because even a little bit of snow can be deceptively slick. We all love our pets, and if we're honest, many of us are better at caring for our pets than we are for ourselves. New Horizons, a homeless shelter in Belltown, uses this insight to help provide care for their unhoused clientele. Veterinarian Katie Cool helps operate the clinic and recalls talking to a patient about finding fleas on her cat. If
1: you live somewhere where there might be other furry creatures coming and going, like mice or rats, then the fleas can be transferred from those other furry creatures onto your pets. And the, the client was like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense because this cat really likes to catch mice and
0: bring them to me <laughs> as a present. Cool says the patient was also getting prenatal care. And because of that, she was able to speak to a clinician on the medical side about the risks of mice passing disease, not just to her cat, but to her as well. It's really
1: important knowing that environmental risk of the cats and the mice in the same environment as this pregnant person to catch that and do additional screening for toxoplasmosis because we know that that can cause really serious problems for babies.
0: Mental health is another big focus of the clinic. Anina Terry is the clinic's medical director. She says that instead of talking about themselves, sometimes people will project their feelings onto their animals.
1: They'll come to the veterinarian saying, Bob's really can't sleep at night. And Bob's really anxious. And you look at Bob and Bob is like the most chill golden retriever. And you're like, well, that's
0: interesting. The clinic has seen an increase in patients since incorporating veterinary care. So there might be something to this model of human and pet medical synergy. KUOW reporter Eilish O'Neill is here to talk with us about it. Really glad you're here, Eilish. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. So there's a lot of reasons people become homeless and have pets. Sometimes the pets are coming with them, but sometimes they're for protection and companionship. Tell me a little bit about what you learned about what animals mean to people who are unhoused. I
1: learned a couple of things. One is that a surprising number of unhoused people have pets um, anywhere between People aren't really sure, but maybe between 1 and 10, up to 1 in 4 people who are experiencing homelessness have a pet. And often, as you said, that's for protection or for companionship. It can be really good for people's mental health to have a constant companion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, this service allows people to bring their pets in for care, but it's really a touch point that can start a larger conversation. Let's talk a little bit about how that works.
1: Yeah, so twice a month there is a veterinary clinic inside a homeless shelter for youth and young adults in Seattle's Belltown neighborhood. And that vet clinic is actually located outside a human health clinic. So people come in, maybe they live at that shelter, maybe they stay at that shelter sometimes, or Maybe they're living in an encampment or on their own or in a car or they're couch surfing and they come in for the veterinary services. And then while they're there, the human health provider, an RN or a doctor, comes out and says, hey, do you need anything? What about your health care needs? What was the last time you had such and such addressed? And it starts a conversation about other needs that that young person might have.
0: Why start with pet care? Why start with this conversation about the pet?
1: It brings people in because people are more likely to seek out care for their pets than they are for themselves. But it also is a conversation starter because people love talking about their pets. And one of the providers there, who's also the clinic's medical director, told me that Asking people about their pets and what their pet does for them can provide a window into the person's mental health. Um, Why do you have a pet? And what does this pet do for you on a day-to-day basis? And someone says, oh, well, I am very, very stressed all the time, but I feel less stressed when I'm interacting with my pet. And then that can be a window into the person's broader mental health needs.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about The kind of care say someone says, you know, I've been a little stressed out. My dog really helps me. What kind of care and services can people receive following those really important conversations?
1: The providers told me there's a couple of kind of big baskets of health care needs for homeless youth and young adults. So one is mental health. About half of homeless youth have depression or another major psychiatric diagnosis, and unless they get that addressed first get the therapy or the medication that they need, it can be really hard to exit homelessness because mental health is the foundation to being able to maintain a full-time job and being able to have healthy interpersonal relationships. So that's a big need. Um, Another big need is sexual and reproductive health, which is something that's in common with other youth and young adults. It's not specific to homeless youth and young adults. And then another big basket of need is um, gender affirming care because a bigger percentage of homeless youth and young adults are LGBTQ than not homeless youth and young adults, sometimes because they've been kicked out of their family home. And so a lot of them need gender-affirming care.
0: Is this model working, Eilish?
1: It is. So uh, the the human health clinic that's in the shelter has been there since it opened, but then they started the vet clinic two years later. And since the vet clinic opened, they've had an increase of 42% in the patients coming for Human health care because so many people are coming in with their pets, meeting the provider, establishing trust, realizing this is a, a safe and welcoming
0: place for me to get my health care needs met as well. Fascinating. Does the clinic face any challenges that they're trying to overcome? It's kind of more a
1: feature than a bug, but it just requires so much time and investment to build that trust in these relationships that the um, clinic. They have the vet clinic twice a month on a busy day. They see eight human-animal pairs. It's just a lot of investment. It's a lot of time and resources.
0: Yeah. So this is this a first-in-the-nation model? What are we talking about here?
1: There are other places that co-locate veterinary and human care to try to bring people in. The things that make this unique are that it's, it's inside the shelter. It's low barrier in other ways as well. And it is specifically serving youth and young adults. And the vet team and the primary care team talk to each other and exchange notes so that both teams have all the information so that they can kind of maximize the health of everyone in the family, the pet and the
0: pet parent. Yeah. Is this something, Eilish, that other providers are trying to replicate as well?
1: Yes. The clinic built a toolbox for other organizations who want to start similar clinics, and a similar clinic is opening in New York City in January. KUOW's
0: Eilish O'Neill, really appreciate your reporting. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Vaughn Jones produced today's episode. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain-Gomez, Brandi Fullwood, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Claire McGrain. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.